Unfiltered opinions. Unfiltered opinions. On and away from sports. From personality, Gaurav Arora. You're listening to Gaurav's Takes. Welcome to Gaurav's Takes, and it's great to be back with you. I hope you're in good health. New format, as I'll explain at the end of the episode, but in today's show, we're starting at a recap of week three of the NFL season. Then we'll go over some additional notes I had during my absence, including the presidential debate. I'll have my betting locks of the week, and we'll conclude. All the topics and the time codes can now be found in the description, so if you want to skip ahead, please make sure to do that. But let's just start Eagles versus Bengals. What an absolute catastrophe the front office has made the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my God. The Eagles not only have the same problems as last year, but through only three games, this is the worst Eagles team I've ever seen. Carson Wentz has extremely regressed. I'm convinced he's not going to be the same player from 2017 anytime soon after his injuries. And now you have the possibility of his tenure being over very soon in Philadelphia because if Jalen Hurts comes in and replaces Carson Wentz, it's over. I know Doug Peterson is saying in this press conference he doesn't want to go down that route. They won't go down that route. You know how coaches are in the National Football League. What were the problems from last year? No depth at wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback. What are the issues this year? No depth at wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback. And you wonder why you suck. I know they tried to make improvements at cornerback with Darius Slay. I know at wide receiver they traded for Godwin who opted out and drafted Jalen Rager. I have a news flash. It's not nearly enough. Deshaun Jackson, he's a complete non-factor. He can't even stay healthy, and he's not the speedster he used to be. These wide receivers are virtual busts. I mean, J.J. Aguirre-Whiteside is stealing money from the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. He should not even be on an NFL roster. This is what happens when you have desperate needs to fill, and instead of getting the DeAndre Hopkins or the Emmanuel Sanders of the world you could have gotten, in the offseason, you act like the smartest man in the room instead, just to fool yourselves. Uh, the reality is you wouldn't have to trade assets for Darius Slay if you actually landed on your cornerbacks in the first place in the draft. This team is a total disaster. It's a circus in Philadelphia. The quarterback is missing simple concepts. At this point, I feel like he's never going to hit. And people talk about the quarterback having no confidence. Doug Peterson has no confidence. These bubble screens to Greg Ward on plays where you need to move the chains are absurd. This conservative drive at the end of overtime basically playing for a long 60-yard field goal. I don't even know what coach does that in the National Football League. But having these boneheaded penalties kill that and then not even attempting to go for it in an overtime you shouldn't even be in, it's a complete representation of the heart and discipline of this 2020 Eagles team. What a disaster. Uh, they play the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday night, and they'll probably lose that game as well. Bears versus Falcons. Uh, Nick Foles, he makes a tremendous comeback after Mitchell Trubisky gets benched and adds even more insult to the Eagles. Not just the Eagles, though. The Falcons, 
They're perhaps the biggest choke artists I've seen in all of sports. Not only do they allow the miracle onside kick from Dallas a week before to ultimately blow that game, but they blow this game being down 20, I mean being up 29 to 10 with 7 minutes left. Uh, it's just incredible how the Falcons consistently find ways to blow games. Uh, Nick Foles, he gets the starting position, and rightfully so. Next Thursday night, hey, Buccaneers and the Bears, Nick Foles and Tom Brady, a Super Bowl rematch there with two different franchises. That should be fun to watch. And the Seahawks versus the Cowboys. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to win MVP, folks. Uh, there's no denying that in my head at least. So far through three weeks, he has the most passing touchdowns in NFL history in three consecutive games. Dak, I thought, played pretty well except for two mistakes. But it's tough. It's tough, honestly, when you feel constant pressure to score points just to keep you in the game as an NFL quarterback. You know, the reality is Dallas should be 0-3, but it's not because of Dak Prescott. His defense sucks, and Mike McCarthy is basically the same coach as Jason Garrett when he was in Dallas. Nothing has changed. The Chiefs versus the Ravens. Uh, Kansas City is the best team in the league, and that did not change on Monday night. At first, I thought Kansas City could develop more of a Patriots report to start the season where they're slow to start. Uh, not much sense of urgency because they know later in the season they'll pick it up. Uh, besides their second game where they struggled against the Chargers with an unexpected rookie quarterback with no previous NFL game film on him, they've scored 34 points in the home opener and now against a stellar Ravens defense. Besides potentially Seattle, I still don't see a more lethal offense in the league. And let's just talk about the Chargers again. Justin Herbert is the starting quarterback, uh, their first round pick, only because the Chargers starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor uh, he ruptured his kidneys after, uh, get this, a doctor, a medical team doctor, attempted to put a painkiller, inject a painkiller in Tyrod Taylor, and um, he ruptured his kidneys. If Tyrod's stock goes down because of this, which it supposedly has, I mean, one, he's not starting, and two, even if he comes in, he might be put out of a starting job sooner or his play might become worse. He has every right to sue here. It'll be interesting to see where that case goes. Uh, the NBA Finals Game 1. I don't even want to talk about this because this series is over. Miami has dominated through the playoffs, but this team isn't the Celtics they're playing. They're at a severe height disadvantage, and after seeing that injury report from Game 1, they're now at a health disadvantage as well. LeBron has room to abuse the paint and get open shots from the perimeter, and Anthony Davis has looked better than I've ever seen him, thanks in large part due to LeBron. Give me the Lakers in a sweep here. This is just a mess for Eric Spolster on the Heat. All right, we'll be back with some notes I had over the break coming up next. You're listening to Gorov's Takes. All right. We're back. I have some other notes to get through here from when I was absent, uh, ending the show then with the betting locks of the week. It's been a great week of sports, man. It's been probably uh, a historical, one of the best weeks of sports, probably the best week of sports we've ever had. Uh, Just with the amount of options you have been exposed to 
and then the amount of actual quality play we've had in every sport. It's been tremendous, uh, but not so tremendous for the NBA ratings. For sports as a collective, ratings are down, but especially for the NBA. And the NBA Finals Game 1, get this, down 50% from last year. I repeat, the NBA Finals Game 1 ratings, down 50% from last year. So why is this happening? First, there's too many sports happening at once. Uh, As we just talked about, for the first time in history, you have a mass consumption of sports mediums at once instead of it being spread out in their designated parts of the calendar year. The MLB, for instance, had eight playoff games in the same day before the NBA Finals. Certainly, all of that contributes on a massive scale. But secondly, which is what some don't want to acknowledge, some people are completely done with sports because of the politics involved. Now, rather, you agree with what your favorite athletes say is one thing, but collegiate and professional sports is an entertainment industry. For instance, there's nothing that different from an NBA season and a soap opera to many general fans. You want to watch each new episode as the story progresses, but once that soap opera becomes too close to the news or too real for someone's interest, they will find something else to resort to as most people did anyway during the quarantine without sports. That's just the reality of the situation, and it will be interesting to see how many of these low ratings carry into 2021. Doc Rivers to Philadelphia. This just happened yesterday. The Philadelphia Sixers hired Doc Rivers. Uh, Let's see if the same thing uh, in the past occurs in Philadelphia where, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons just disappointing in the playoffs, not making it to the NBA Finals because that's been happening to the Clippers for a long time, and that's my fear here. Uh, The Clippers, one, obviously should have never, ever, ever lost that 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. I know the Nuggets made history being the first team to do that twice in postseason history. But at the same time, the Clippers were just the much better team there. And talent-wise, they're still the best team in the NBA or the deepest team in the NBA, I should say. So Doc Rivers has had a long time to figure out out you know why he can't get to the Western Conference Finals and NBA Finals before Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the same story when they they showed up so um just a bit concerned there let's see how it plays out for the Sixers uh long term Chiefs versus Texans the booing uh so this was the first game of the season a lot of people made this a huge deal uh the 25% of fans allowed in the Arrowhead Stadium booed the Chiefs and Texans standing together in unity before the game um so many people uh made that out to be you know them booing uh being together in unity for race racism uh but I think it's a misinterpretation I'll explain why Do people forget that leagues such as the NBA are without fans to begin with? I mean, I can't imagine when arenas and stadiums are full again if this continues that some fans won't react the same way as they did in Kansas City. Uh, I'm not saying that I would have booed, but acting like a reaction won't occur is wishful thinking. And like I said, uh, people are making this out to be uh, them booing Uh, just because they were standing in unity. I don't believe that. I think what happened here were the Texans stayed in during the national anthem of the locker room, and then they came out uh, on the field in front of fans, 
and they were getting booed not just for coming out on the field, but for staying in for the national anthem. So your opinion there, uh, that's your opinion. But also, uh, it's customary to boo a team, an away team, when they're coming out on the home field. So let's not make it out to be something that it's not. Uh, The Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning this week won the Stanley Cup after being swept in the first round of last year's postseason. Uh, They are the first North American pro team to win a championship since the start of the pandemic. Congratulations to them. The presidential debate, President Trump versus former Vice President Joe Biden. Oh, my God, what a mess this was. Utterly chaotic. Uh, This felt like a boxing match, constant haymakers being thrown throughout the whole match. Uh, I think Trump made a decision here to be the biggest person in the room in every sense of the word. Uh, I think he attacked Biden. I think he attacked uh, Chris Wallace, the moderator. And to make Biden play defense more instead of offense, I think that was his approach. Rather, that's a good thing or not is up to you. But in a way, it felt like nobody wanted to win that first debate. Uh, Whenever either party talked, talked, I just felt like it was just completely losing the other Um, you know, side of the room there. So there were some good moments for Biden, some good moments for Trump, but from an actual debate perspective, just a complete mess. It's quality TV, though. I'm convinced this is the most quality television I'll see throughout my lifetime. Um, So I'm going to enjoy the next few debates, but I'm wondering how they're going to happen right now. Trump, uh, President Trump just tested positive for covid Literally just broke a few hours prior to recording this. So not sure. Are they going to do this on Zoom? (laughs) Probably going to have to um, wait to be in the same room till uh, Trump and Melania test negative. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But let's get to the betting locks of the week and we'll end the show here. Uh, I'll be giving my free locks of the week every week. We have many listeners who sports bet. If you do, please do it responsibly and do not bet on the Eagles unless it's against them. But here we go. We have some parlay action money line. Need all these teams to win to get your money. But we got the Rams over the Giants here. Ravens over Washington. Buccaneers over the Chargers. Oh, my God, folks. Take your guaranteed money. This is easy. Uh, Minus 143 odds, a $143 bet will get you a return of $243. Take your easy money. Odds are subject to change as the week progresses. But the science backs it up. I mean, just look at these matchups. Oh, my God. Complete blowouts here. Rams over the Giants. Obviously, no Saquon for the New York Giants. Uh, They can't get their offense going. Sean McVay should have no problems there. Neither should the Ravens against Washington. Uh, After losing on Monday night, they should be pissed off. They should win that by a large sum and the Buccaneers over the Chargers the Buccaneers offense no they may not have Chris Goodwin but they're also developing into their own Tom Brady is getting more comfortable with these guys the Buccaneers are going to handle the Chargers quite easily I would suppose um all right guys to conclude this is a structure you should be expecting from the show from now on just a compilation of notes rather than individualized segments i've gotten a couple hundred messages asking where has the show been and due to the amount going on this helps me talk to you guys without much post-production work allowing me to be much more consistent so all right guys for gar's takes this is garv 
Have a good one. I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. This has been a presentation of Gorov's Takes. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Gorov underscore takes and subscribe wherever you listen to the show.